Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of News of the Nerd, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. I am Ben and I am here with my brother slash co-host Jason Derulo. No, sorry, Jason, my brother Jason, not Derulo, Jason. Have you finished? Uh, yes. Can yes. I talk yeah. now? <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> Uh, Happy New Year. Is it too late to say Happy New Year? I feel like no, but yes at the same time. We're into February now. I think it might be too late to say Happy New Year. It's still, while we're filming it, it's still January. Yeah, but people don't need to know (laughs) how long it takes me to get an episode out. (laughs) (laughs) When people are listening, it is February. (laughs) Yes, it's it's been a while. I feel like the world threw a couple of spanners in the works. We were planning on uh, getting an episode sewed out at the start of January, but I um, ended up in bed for two weeks, so that went well. Rag. It's a weird flex, I know. <laughs> it just shows you can't do it without me. I mean, I could have done. <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't think you'd have been very happy about that. Who's going to sit there and listen to you talk to yourself for two hours? Apart from your wife, because she does it anyway. <laughs> um, but yes, we are back, finally. Uh, I feel like we've got quite a lot to talk about. Okay, what, what do you want to dive into first? Shall we talk about the news that dropped straight after we released our last episode? Um, yeah, so this was annoying. Like we, I, I, I even considered recording an insert because it was literally like we finished recording a couple of hours later i sent you a message that uh jonathan majors had been found guilty of assault and very very shortly after that (laughs) i don't think we can even say shortly it was was, yeah it it was under an hour uh that i then saw that he had been officially dropped from marvel Films from Disney, from it's been dropped from so much. Like, yeah, everything he was attached to has been dropped from. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this last podcast. But I, I now we've had near enough a month to settle with the idea. I am actually happier that it's probably not going to lead down the kangaroo. I think it will. I think they'll just recast him. I was hoping they were going to do more Doctor Doom because that's kind of who I want. But like, they can still do that. I mean, yeah, they can. They, they, there's room for both characters. Uh, but there's been lots of rumors online about who can replace Kang. Um, yeah, I had seen some people um, have been saying how Denzel Washington would be a good fit, and I, I think we need to take credit for that because. That was one of our suggestions for who could replace Kang if they if they aged up the version who got trapped in the battery thing in Quantumania. If they age that version up, that could be Denzel. Yeah. Uh, it could also be Forrest Whitaker. Um, fuck it, it could be Samuel L. Jackson. Why not? <laughs> he can do anything. Um, so I've, I've seen that name being thrown about, but the one that's been rumoured quite heavily is actually his son. Okay. John David Washington, who most people will probably know from Tenet. Have you seen Tenet from Christopher Nolan? Yes. 
It's it's the Red Dwarf Black, Black Clansman as well. He was in Black Clansman. He was great in that. Uh, he's been in The Creator, which came out last year, which I really yeah. want to see and I've not got around to yet. Are you saying this is Major's son or Kang's son? No, no, this is Denzel's son. Oh, you were just on so many lines and I was like, what? Denzel Washington's so son, John David Washington. Okay. Which I, un- until he started being rumoured for Kang, like I've Didn't seen realize. him in things. Yeah. I never realised it was uh, Denzel Washington's son. I feel, I feel like because uh, so many actors and actresses have the same names or similar names and most are actually family. Like um, all the many Hemsworths. <laughs> all the many Hemsworths. There is Emma Roberts, whose auntie is Julia Roberts. I think it's her auntie. Oh, okay. I wonder how these people get jobs in the industry. It is their way in, though, I guess. But yeah. they stay because they are good at that. Good at it. I've seen one, and I want to say it before you even go near it. Go on, man. I've heard as a rumor and kind of fits. And what we actually theorized and was wrong is the I'm really sorry if I get the name wrong. Gugu Mabafaro, who plays Renslayer. I I yeah, I would, would come that. out, would come out as actually. I think she is a Kang. Variant, and, yeah. And she's had her mind wiped. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. Um, and it'd, I, I feel like it'd work. I feel like they are trying, although Loki's one of the more popular Disney Plus shows, I feel like they're trying to separate them a bit more or they're going to after the Marvels because I think that was one of the big problems with the Marvels is that you've got two characters who, unless you have watched... Uh, the Disney Plus shows, you're not going to know who they are. Yeah. There were there were two that I saw that I was like, I kind of like that, and I think it would work really well. So one was Regajan Page, who was the paladin in Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. And he's in Bridgerton. Yeah. Um, and the other one was Yaha Abdul-Manteen, Yes, who is in, in the Aquaman films. And the Matrix. The new Matrix. The new Matrix, yeah. I feel like they could play it really well. I did see someone say John Boyega, saying that he would be a very good fit, but everyone was kind of theorising that he just wouldn't want to join the MCU because I think he said yeah. in an interview once that it, it just wasn't his vision for him right now. I think he said that in like 2022, so fairly recently. Yeah, and after, um, I, I don't think he liked the direction that his character took in Star Wars. So, you know, I'm not sure he'd want to jump into another big franchise and Disney again. Yeah. Um, if his character wasn't trapped that well in that film. Uh, so uh, the other one I was going to mention that I've seen uh, rumoured quite a bit is Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo, uh, he was in The Colour Purple that, released last year and it is up for all sorts of awards um he i was gonna say is in or was in fear the walking dead i only watched series one so i don't know i don't even know if that show's still running uh but i think that the one to watch if you want to see coleman domingo is ma rainey's black bottom that's a fantastic film and uh he's in that alongside uh chadwick boseman as well 
Uh, he's just been in Rustin, hasn't he? That's was out came out last year. It did. I don't know. I don't know what it is though. I haven't watched it yet. It's about oh, it's about the advisor to Martin Luther yeah. King. Right. It's on Netflix at the minute, but it's uh, I'll talk about. It's been nominated for quite a few Oscars, um, so it may be something that is worth a watch. Okay. But I feel like there is a massive pool of actors that could so easily slip into the role of Kang. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Coleman Domingo rumour comes from Daniel... Uh, I don't know if it's Daniel Reichman or Daniel Richman. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I'm just going to stop saying people's names because I never know how to pronounce <laughs> any of them. Uh, but he, he is uh, on Twitter. He, he's got a good track record for leaks. It was then reported in Forbes. Forbes says that a, a rumoured replacement actor is being circulated online thanks to a report from big-time insider Daniel Reichman with a solid track record in the field. The actor in question being considered as a possible pick is Coleman Domingo, who has a long, long-running role in the recently ended Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, so it has ended. Even when that show went off the rails, he has always been one of the only good parts of it. Uh, he also just a quick new- jab at Fear the Walking Dead. There, yeah. He also starred in Euphoria, which he won an Emmy for. I love Euphoria. That's that's a really good show. We should have not watched it. Uh, but yeah, that's. I'm. I feel like at the minute, like just about every black actor in Hollywood is being rumored yeah. to replace Jonathan Majors. Racist. It would be weirder if white actors <laughs> were being rumored. Can you imagine if they switched the race? Oh, my God. Yeah, not great. Okay, so what other news have we got? Okay, so I've got quite a bit, to be fair. Um, So one is there's been uh, quite a few interviews with Daisy Ridley lately because she has actually had a wonderful fan response because I don't know if you've... Obviously, in 2023, there was the Star Wars celebration and they announced three more movies. And in... So this month, January, Lucasfilm also announced a fourth new film. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I feel like that would have been pretty big news. Yeah. Kind of. I feel like some people are for it and some people aren't, but it's... It was still huge news. Have Lucasfilm actually announced this, or is this a rumour? Nope, from what I, from everything that I can see, um, and I have heard it, and I've you are the worst for seeing a rumor online and then thinking it's confirmed. Go on, what have you seen? Uh, for it's the Mandalorian and Grogu will be coming to the big screen, um, and I've got it from quite a few places. Also, StarWars.com. Oh yeah, I thought that would I thought that were confirmed a while ago. No, so it was only confirmed in January on January 9th. Oh, okay. it was confirmed. Um, it will be directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau and Dave Filoni, as well as Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. So that goes into production this year. There's not really much about what it's going to be. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm obviously sure the duo that, is great. I'm sure I've heard that the plan was always for uh, the end of Din Jardin's story to be a movie. So maybe that's why I'm thinking it was already confirmed. Yeah. Because they said that's the direction they wanted to go. Um, but so Daisy Ridley had interviews 
just going on that because she was talking about she's this is from her she said when we did the announcement last year we we're all really emotional of course i always feel lucky to be a part of it but it was i suppose a reminder of how people do feel about ray it's wonderful to be a part of something that people love and to play a character that people it's really making me emotional thinking about it she nearly started to cry um i have to get more adventures i'm like where is she now what is this new adventure and how are things going to go there is a long way of saying it's great it's really great just talking about the actual support she got from the fans because i yeah. feel like there was a lot of negativity around that trilogy yeah i mean you, you say that have you, have you she has she has talked about the backlash as well and how that's upsetting and apparently the stress from that actually gave her stomach ulcers like ju- just the stress of i guess working on star wars and some of the backlash around it because a lot of it was directed at her especially from you know the kind of people who think having a woman in a film is too woke yeah and people that didn't like I, don't get me wrong that trilogy and we've spoke about it before the fact that they changed directors for the second and went back yeah yeah that did mess things up a little bit and you can you can see it in the film yeah but there wasn't a united vision for even if even if the directing styles were different that would have been fine yeah it was the fact that they didn't have a sort a story set out for the trilogy before releasing the first one um, but yeah, so she she's been on the Happy Sad Confused podcast recently because she's got a new film coming out that's called Sometimes I Think About Dying. Um, that sounds joyful. But yeah, which she was asked about the the backlash, and she said it's still upsetting. You don't want people to feel like you've not served the thing they're a fan of. But the Last Jedi was so divisive; it felt like the first one everyone was responsive in the same way. The second super divisive. The last one, super divisive. It didn't change how I felt about it. She she has said as well that the the sentiment around the last Skywalker has been changing. Yeah. recently. So uh, yeah, I, I I think it has. People are more up for it. Did I say the last Skywalker? Did I say the Rise of Skywalker? No, you said the last the last Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so it was the last Jedi, and then. No, no, the Force Awakens. The, the Force Awakens. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Last Jedi is probably the one that I like least out of the three. Yeah, there are some moments in it that I love, um, particularly the ending. <laughs> Not in a bad way, just the whole because it does mainly because it kind of gives the name of the film a, a purpose. Luke go in and obviously they're talking and Yoda's like gives his his age old line of no there is another and then you've got Ray doing the floaty rock thing, <laughs> which is always great to see in Star Wars. It's not a Star Wars film without floaty rock. There was some great Luke stuff in there, and I, lo- I yeah. know a lot of people didn't like the direction they took Luke, but I think it's more interesting than just making him like, yeah, he's still this awesome, amazing Jedi. Oh, like, no, making no, him this broken hermit. Yeah, he, he has been broken by the things that have happened to him. And in a way, I was going to say he's become like he's become the new Obi-Wan, but he's, he's somewhere between Obi-Wan and Yoda. 
Yeah. And there's just like the Star Wars universe itself is, I think it's great because of obviously the Mandalorian scenes, we get to see young Luke and Luke spoilers. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening, but Luke training Grogu. If you haven't seen Mandalorian by now, you're probably not that bothered. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we get to start seeing before he became broken and after yeah. after the events of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's Return it. Of the Jedi <laughs> yeah. is for, for episode six. Yeah, so getting to see him after that, but before he's a broken hermit, I like that. And I'm hoping we're going to see more of that in Ahsoka season two. Possibly, but I, I which think... makes sense because that means this. I think it's a mistake to rely on the characters from a classic trilogy too much. Like it has to be a bigger story. Yeah, and that's one of the things I've liked about the Disney Plus stuff in general that they've done with Star Wars is you know Mandalorian, um, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and especially oh, what was the the really fucking good one we did? Animated Andor. Oh, Andor. Andor. Andor was so good. And yeah, it's all it, it's all around those same events and stories, but it's it's like seeing new parts of the galaxy and parts that aren't necessarily all about Jedi. Obviously Ahsoka is more, but the others, you know, there might be references to Jedi and there might be a lightsaber here and there, but generally it's it's something new that's just set within that Star Wars universe because there's got to be so many more interesting stories that aren't all about the Skywalker lineage. Yeah, and I think that's these new movies are going to do that even more because obviously we've got one that's going to show kind of the first Jedi, one that's going to bring all the Disney Plus shows together. So with that, obviously they've been announcing a Mandalorian and Grogu one. They might be on the big screen twice. Because we already had we already had that film of um, it is Dave Filoni that yeah. his film will bring all the Disney Plus series together. Okay, that's what I was thinking of then. That's what had already been confirmed. But now we're having a Mandalorian and Grogu. I wonder what they'll call it. Din. They should just call it Grogu. No, they should just call it Din. Because Din Djarin, Din Grogu. Dins. Din Din. <laughs> din Din. din, din. <laughs> he, is, he, he does always eat Grogu. Um, but I think I'm just so excited. The Mandalorian does not eat Grogu. That's a lie. No, Grogu eats a lot. <laughs> Grogu eats people's babies. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. It is messed <laughs> up. But it, I think it's just exciting that there's a buzz around Star Wars again. Yeah. We'll see. And there'll always be people that hate it. Oh, uh, obviously, yeah. No one hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. So I'm going to go out of my way now because I never I never have the DC news. Okay. But I have the DC news. And this is what I was fact-checking. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I, as far as I'm aware, this is confirmed. We is that Look at James Gunner's Twitter account and... Everything's on there. I'm surprised he's not like leaked the entire script of Superman Legacy yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the news is that Millie Alcock will be 
playing the role of Supergirl. Oh, okay. So Millie Alcock from House of the, the Dragon. Uh, House of the Dragon. Which I think is a fucking fantastic casting. And I have like a report that says she was James Gunn's first choice, which in my mind thinks okay, so he's getting he's got his first choice for Supergirl. He's already got people in mind who he wants to play these roles, and he's currently, as far as we know, doing well in choosing them. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, know what I mean? It starts well for the DC. What what are they calling it? I don't know. I thought <laughs> I I feel like they keep changing the name of what they're gonna call it. The DC Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the DC MCU. Um yeah, so and this isn't just this isn't Supergirl in a Superman film. This is Supergirl in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Yes. Which is such great news because, yeah, Superman, uh, Supergirl as a character deserves as much love as Superman. I prefer Supergirl. I think Supergirl is just so much better. She has more character. You know my opinions on Superman. I don't. He's probably my least favorite superhero. I think Superman has to be the character that always makes the right choice, in the same way as like Captain America does. That is Superman. Um, like that. To to me, personality wise, they should be fairly similar. Like they are both like the Boy Scout heroes. Yeah. The Supergirl has room to be a bit more. Uh, ambiguous, I guess. And you know, at the end of the day, the superheroes and they're always be like gonna do the right thing. But I think she can be a bit more emotional about it. Why? Because she's maybe that's on. But it's not. What <laughs> that's how it sounded. Um. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is, but that's not what I meant. Ah. <laughs> uh. Cancelled. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. I just always think that she's got more depth to a character. Like she, Superman, figured out that his planet had been destroyed, and that do you know what I mean? But he, he still had a very good upbringing with the Kents. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Supergirl, Supergirl lived on Krypton. Yeah, it right, got just, up until yeah. right before it was destroyed. Yeah, I feel like she's been through a lot. Yeah, and the emotion that comes from that is great because there's anger there as well. Yeah, which I think is a, is a great thing. Of I think probably one of super Superman. I know there are times he, he there is emotion in his movies, but when superheroes. do you know the whole thing about superheroes choosing to be superheroes and the the fact that they choose to do the right thing i feel like superman just is the right thing but do you know when you've got people like in the mcu you've got do you know in whole civil war you with captain america bucky and iron man the whole fight like steve didn't tell tony about his parents and that caused anger and them two are just like yeah the anger in them scenes I feel like that's the anger that you want in a superhero. You want them 
I as mean, in, not, not always. Like it no, not always. I, yeah, I mean the in the sense that they don't just have this innate drive to be perfect. That they do struggle with that sometimes. They yeah. struggle to make the right decisions sometimes, and I think that's the thing about superhero is that they they have the ability and probably want to do the wrong thing at times, but they choose not to. Yeah. So I'd imagine we'll see her in Superman Legacy before she's in her own film. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's being confirmed one way or the other, but... What do you think of the casting, though? Because you had said, like, what do you actually think of that casting? I mean, I think she's, like, the only thing I've seen her in is House of the Dragon, but she was great in that, like, to the to the extent that when her character was aged up and so she had to be replaced, it was a bit like, oh, that's, yeah. that's a shame that we don't get to see her anymore. I think that's when I start... Like, I'm not saying I stopped watching it, but when I went... Mm. I started, she was my favourite character up to that point, but then I was like, you're not my favourite anymore at that point. Yeah. It was Matt Smith's character after that. I mean, Emma Darcy was still great in the role. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not actually going to be in the next season, are they? I, I don't know. Why not? I, I heard something. Um, I'm just going to check it. I mean, I don't know. Um, Wikipedia is not always a particularly reliable source, but that does say... 2002 to present, House of the Dragon, Rhaenyra Targaryen. Oh, so, um, no, it's, I think this is where they dropped out of an upcoming film project because there was scheduling clashes. Okay. So they dropped out of a project called Anna. Okay. Okay, what else have I got? I've got something from um, X-Men First Class director Matthew Vaughan that says Deadpool 3 will save the whole Marvel Universe. Okay. Which, I, 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 without reading into it too much, does he mean that the film is going to revitalise everyone's image of the MCU and it's actually going to be the quality film that we used to? Or does he literally mean that Deadpool is going to save the MCU in the film? I mean, who knows? I, I think that there is definitely going to be some some like universe mergers and universe like at the end of Deadpool 3 I wouldn't be surprised if that's when X-Men are in the MCU or at least so, or maybe not X-Men but mutants are in the MCU well this is how they bring it in X it is the MCU and Hugh Jackman's coming in so what's Michael what's Matthew Vaughn what is he to Deadpool 3 is he producing it because he's not directing it so that's Sean Levy um I wonder if he's just like heard things on the grapevine um but so i've got a quote here from him uh on deadline it says the few snippets that i know about deadpool versus wolverine or wolverine versus deadpool i'm sure that argument between ryan and hugh is happening as we speak are unbelievable that's going to be the jolt the marvel universe is about to have a jolt of them and it's going to bring that body back to life i think ryan reynolds and hugh jackman are about to save the whole marvel universe so I think he clearly means, from that quote, he clearly means the franchise. They're about to save the franchise. But, yeah. I mean, I've said before, Deadpool, I think, can be the thing that will book the trend of these films making less and less money. Because I think he's got such a wide appeal. People who don't like superhero films like 
Deadpool's comedy. Yeah. And yeah, they like the humor that's in it. I feel like they like the fourth wall breaking. I feel to people that aren't super into superhero films, the fourth wall breaking changes the kind of. Yeah, and especially in Deadpool 1, that was something really. It seemed like innovative. And other films have done it before. It's by no means the first. And he wasn't even the first superhero to do that in comic books but it's kind of what he's known for so it it did feel new and fresh and interesting on that first one um will deadpool 3 make as much as the first one did i think i think it could do i think it will because of the hype behind hugh jackman in it as well yeah, yeah um, i am it. excited for deadpool to break the fourth wall and uh, wolverine to just ask him who the fuck he's talking to and I'm sure that there is, there are going to be a lot of cameos in this that we don't know about yet. I'm going to say we already know of quite a few. I wouldn't be surprised if they 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 come to the real world in this <laughs> film, and and you know, like they're they're going to be like real world references to. Marvel and the MCU yeah. and to the Fox buyout and things like that. I really wouldn't be surprised. I feel like there's there's got to be a lot of cameos in it that we don't know about. Because obviously we already know about Jennifer Garner as Electra. There's Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Presumably. That wasn't a question. Is she definitely uh, definitely in there? Brianna Hildebrand and Shirley Kutsuna as Negasonic Teenage Warhead's girlfriend Yukio. I would definitely hope so, yeah. And then obviously you've got Vanessa and Colossus back in there. Emma Corrin as the villain Cassandra Nova. Cassandra Nova? Yeah. I don't know if I know her. All I can think is of is Nova Prime. Cassandra Nova is Professor X's long-lost sister. Okay. Uh, just from a quick Google. So does that mean Cassandra that Cassandra Nova there? Xavier is one of the X-Men's wildest opponents? This is on GameRant.com. She is, in a sense, the twin sister of Professor Charles Xavier. Oh, my God. Like, there is there is so much lore here that I am just not going to read out. But... So she's a mutant as well? It looks like it, yeah. Cool. Um, I believe. Is she the person that played Diana in The Crown? Emma Corrin. Yeah. So, yeah, exciting things for the Deadpool 3 movie. Online news for Netflix. Have you heard that WWE Raw is moving to Netflix in January 2025? Oh, is it not till next year? I had seen that, but I didn't know. No. Uh, so January 2025, 20, it'll be domestically and internationally for 10 years. Um, but it'll, it'll, it was worth $5 billion. But it will also see Netflix secure the international rights to SmackDown and NXT. Oh, that's cool. Which is really good because I feel like it brings back WWE to us a bit more. Yeah. Because we, we used to watch it all the time as kids. We used to watch it. But it also, it used to be on like free TV. It yeah. used to be on Channel 4, like terrestrial TV. And even the pay-per-views, like every other pay-per-view was on Channel 4. 
You didn't yeah. need to. You didn't need to go onto box office and spend. And now it's 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 on whatever it were. It's on Sky Sports or yeah. Um, and obviously every pay per view you have to pay for. So Netflix, I don't know how that's going to work with pay per views. If you're already paying for a subscription, I assume pay per views they will because WWE has its own subscription service, WWE Network that has all the pay per views on there. They just won't be on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, I presume they'll keep those on WWE Network to try and get people to sign up to that. But I, I, I don't know, because obviously if they've bought the rights... It could work out well for both, because, yeah. you know, Netflix, more people will be subscribing to Netflix. It's just... if you, I think if you're a wrestling fan, it's not worth a Sky Sports subscription if you're not into football or anything else. Yeah, if it's just for wrestling. If you want to watch, like, all the Premier League games, then, yeah, Sky Sports is probably a worthwhile investment. But just for wrestling, it's probably not. So, But Netflix, a lot of people have already got it. I think a lot more people will subscribe to it for wrestling. And then that could, in turn, drive, drive more people to... WWE Network, because once you're invested in SmackDown yeah. and Raw, you're going to want to watch the pay-per-views once a month. Yeah, because I think, like, even though if we didn't watch the pay-per-views once a month, like, I know every year, WrestleMania, we we stay, we stayed up till, like, 5, 6 a.m. watching it. Yeah, although WrestleMania now, like, I've not watched wrestling for quite a while. I'm sure WrestleMania now is, like, a three-night event or something. Like, it's no longer just one... It's definitely right. at least two. Is it two? Right. That... But um, on the last WrestleMania, Rey Mysterio did fight his son. Okay. Which is just mental. Um, I have seen news that, and again, I haven't watched it because, like I said, I've not watched wrestling for a long time. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has apparently returned to wrestling um, and is expected to to be fighting at WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, I... Why, why, how did we get talking about wrestling? This is not something we've ever spoken about before on the podcast. <laughs> it's because it's important news for Netflix and just fans of nerdism everywhere. I, I got a lot less interested after Undertaker left. Yeah. And even in like the last few years that Undertaker was wrestling, it like he, he came back for WrestleMania every year and then disappeared again. And you could tell like he was he was getting too old for that shit. <laughs> he just physically couldn't do it. I mean, I think there are some great things. And like I watched WrestleMania when um Logan Paul came in, and I was like, Oh, it's gonna be it's literally just if for do you know what I mean? Like for the for the clout of it, like he's a YouTuber and that sort of thing. He's actually really good. Like he's now US ch- uh, champ. He's re- he's actually oh. really good. Like he I does. He, he's a high flyer. I thought he just came into it for like a special match or something. Like no, when he, Stephen Amell was in. Do you remember when Stephen Amell yeah. was in it from uh, Green Arrow? Of oh, so from Arrow, sorry. Um, no, he's like in it. He's on like the the weekly shows and things right. like that. Um, but he's actually really good at it. He's do you know one of them that's a high flyer, but also is a bit of a powerhouse, can like lift people up and things like that. Um and he, he's 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 actually really good and really entertaining, which was very surprising. Every now and again I do think about getting back into WWE. It's just fun to watch, isn't it? 
Because even though you know it's scripted, you still just go, oh, shit! Yeah, uh, people people who say they don't watch wrestling because it's fake, like, that is not a reason, because, one, these things still fucking hurt, and two, and the shit I, they did. It, it's, still, it's still impressive, the things that they do, the moves... When they're jumping off a turnbuckle and yeah. doing a triple spin onto someone... I suppose it's like gonna. It's like saying I'm, I'm not gonna circus to watch uh, tightrope walkers because they have a net beneath them anyway. That's not <laughs> the point. Great, great analogy. It's a great analogy. Um, okay, my last little bit of news. Oscars. Hear me out. One of the main things um, from that I've seen from because the full uh, nominations list is come out. Oppenheimer has been nominated for, for 13. Yeah, very, very well deserved. Yeah. Um, Barbie has got quite a few, not as much. Yeah, Barbie's got nominations and there was a bit of controversy that uh, Margot Robbie hasn't been nominated for it. But Margot Robbie wasn't and Greta Gerwig wasn't uh, for Best Director. Um... And like it's kind of funny in the irony of like that is that is like the plot of Barbie, but when you look at the list of people who were nominated for best director, it's like okay, who who out in this list would you take out to put a Greta Gerwig in there? Because actually, it's a pretty fucking strong list. Yeah, and... you've got Jonathan Glazer for the Zone of Interest, which I haven't watched yet, but that is it's a British war film that looks really good. Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Poor thing, poor that that is going to win it. Poor Things was uh, incredible. Um, like the, the the story was great, but just visually fantastic. I haven't um, actually watched it yet. It, it like I went to the cinema to see it the other week. Visually, it's fantastic. Stylistically, it's fantastic. Um, and Emma Stone has Emma Stone been nominated for Best Actress for that because. She fucking should be. She has. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Um, you've got Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, obviously. Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. And Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. So and... it is. It is quite a, a hard director's category. Um, Greta Gerwig was nominated alongside Noah Baumbach for writing Barbie. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. Yes. Which was interesting. I'm not sure. I suppose it's because it's based on an existing property. Yeah. It's, but like, I feel like it's not really an adapted screen. It's more original. But, and again, there was some controversy there about whether it was an original screenplay or an adapted screenplay. But, but it's the same thing. Oppenheimer's from an adapted screenplay because it's based on... Because that's based on a book, though. Is it based on a book? I believe that's based on a book. I, I I thought it was just based on the real life story of it. But it's kind of all the same films, Poor Things, Zone of Interest, and then American Fiction are all in adapted screenplay one. Let me let me have a look and see if I'm talking out my arse there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was a book. Following the public, it's based on Robert Oppenheimer's biography. Okay, uh, fair enough. Which was called American Prometheus. Um, which is a great title, actually. Yeah, I was just thinking that is a really good title. <laughs> Before you move on, there was one more thing that I wanted to mention from the Oscars. 
Okay. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has been nominated for an animated feature film. Yes. And it's uh, a sh- there's, there's some strong contenders in there. The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and then Spider-Man. But, but I feel yeah. like Spider-Man does deserve that. Yeah, it, it definitely deserves the nomination. I don't know if it'll win, or because what they what happens quite often is they're like, okay, we're not gonna give it this time when we know there's another one coming. Like it's what happened with Lord of the Rings, isn't it? It didn't win uh best uh, best feature until it the, finished the, the Return of the King. Yeah. And it's not even the best one, but it was just like, okay, now now you can have the Oscar. And I feel like it might be the third Spider-Verse film that wins the best animated feature. But we'll see. It, it, it's not always the best films that win these things. There's, there's, there's like a narrative to it. Um, but yeah, so it's it's award season. And our like, main interest on this podcast is generally superhero media. Yeah. I think we should mention that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has made a, a MCU first. Award for the worst CGI. Am I right? So, why, just while you're looking that up, also, uh, vis- for visual effects, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yeah. Yeah. has been nominated. Um, yeah, so you're not far off. It is the first MCU film to be nominated for a Razzie Award. And if people don't know what the Razzies are, they are the Golden Raspberries. And they are like the anti-Oscars. So Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has been nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Director, and I love this uh, this category, Worst Prequel, Remake, Rip-Off or Sequel. It didn't win at any of those, though, did it? Oh, it's well, not the... actually gone forward yet, has No, it? no, it'll be on the same night as the Oscars happen. Okay. Um, and so so that's, that's three categories, but it actually got four nominations because both Michael Douglas and Bill Murray are nominated for the Worst Supporting Actor category. <laughs> and um, a Marvel film's never been nominated before. A- MCU, no, an MCU film has never been nominated. God. I, w- I wonder how many uh, Morpheus got? It's, sorry, <laughs> it's Morbius. <laughs> oh. You know, you know because it it's it's it says it's Morbin time. <laughs> um okay, so uh, Morbius was nominated for Worst Picture but didn't win. Jared Leto did win Worst Actor. <laughs> um, Ad- Adria Arjona won Worst Supporting Actress for Morbius as well. Um Daniel Espinosa was nominated for Worst Director, but didn't win. Did they get and... actual awards for these? Well, like, did they get an actual Golden Raspberry? I think I think they do do a ceremony, but people don't turn up. Because <laughs> they're at the Oscars. Well, yeah, sometimes people have actually collected the awards, like, just as a, as a joke. Um, Morbius was also nominated for Worst Screenplay, but that didn't win. Where... Oh, Worst remake, ripoff, or sequel last year went to Disney's Pinocchio. Wow. I, I haven't seen that. I did watch uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which was fantastic. I've got some uh, some news I've just remembered. Okay. It has been officially confirmed that Danny Boyle will be making a sequel to 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later. Oh, 
That's exciting. That is exciting. I remember studying 28 Days Later in English. 28 Days... Oh, my God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> 28 Days Later is a top-tier film. 28, it is. Uh, 28 Weeks is still a good film. But it's... It never, it didn't quite reach the height of yeah. 28 days later. In English, we studied it, but we didn't see a single zom- zombie. We studied that first sequence where he's obviously out of the hospital and it's the use of sound and, do you know, him just walking around like London Bear. Yeah. And just, like, the car alarm goes off and everyone shits themselves because it's, the tension it creates is just yeah. a fantastic scene. It is, yeah. It's a it's a masterclass in tension building. It is. It's a horror. It's it's a horror film that puts you on the edge of your seat without even going near its main thing. So there's no zombies anyway. It's just using the music and the vacancy I, I, of London. I've got to say, just to be pedantic, that there are no zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later. They are not undead. They are suffering from a virus that makes them kind of zombie-like, but technically they are not undead, so they're not zombies. I mean, you could say that about so many different zombie films. Like what? Well, you're going to be like, what? 28 days later. (laughs) And 28 weeks later. Well, like um, World War Z, they're not undead because in the scene, the woman gets bit on the ankle and about five seconds later, she turns into one. But that could be because the bike kills her and reanimates her. Mm. Like so, that's in in the Walking Dead. That's the so uh, the, the blood going thing. into the eye could cause them to die and reanimate. But but, but that's the thing. It is it is specifically said that it is not it that it is a virus. It is it is an illness. Um. Anyway, look. That's just like I said. It's pedantic. You can call them zombies if you want. I don't care that Prick. much. <laughs> <laughs> um. You made your bed, you're going to lie in it. I had a really good point to make, and you've thrown me off. What about the zombies? Yeah, and I can't think what it was now. Oh, we're talking oh, about the-, the Walking Dead. I mentioned The Walking Dead. Yeah. So the whole thing in The Walking Dead is that it's not the zombie bite that turns you into a zombie. Like, everyone is already infected with the zombie virus. The zombie bite kills you, and then once you're dead, you come back as a zombie. Which is why in The Walking Dead, if you die of anything else, you yeah. still come back as a zombie. You don't have to be bitten. Which is which is why uh, they can cut off Herschel's leg to stop it before it because it in it about it getting to your brain. I don't like, fucking. Know. I think no because they go into the place and they blow up the CDC place. But yeah. while they're there, they're talking about the fact of it goes to your brain, and once it's in your brain, it kind of just shuts everything down. Yeah, I think like once, once it gets to like your heart, it's probably too late and it's going to spread through your body. Yeah, um, but yeah, we, we, it, Herschel very specifically like they cut his leg off immediately after before the bloods had chance to like. You've just got his people, leg. you've just got people running round as nuggets, like no arms, no legs, going. I'm surviving, bitches. <laughs> so last thing, just that I want to talk about trailers. So the main one I want to talk about. Is Avatar The Last Airbender and how fucking amazing it looks. I don't know. It looks okay, but I've said before, I have no attachment to the, the Last Airbender franchise. I think the visuals look great. I don't think the CGI, CGI looks bad, whereas it kind of did in the movie. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going like, to be very different to yeah. the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Which is a good thing. I think just like, do you know, like when they're waterbending and there's a scene in it where they're doing earthbending um, and the Earth King, I can never remember his name now, it begins with a big, um, but he's sending discs flying right, from the, the this... Abaracus. Yeah. yeah. He's sending discs flying from the lump of Earth and it's like, it looks good. And the way the waterbending kind of flows with them rather than in the movie, it just didn't. They kind of just waved their arms around and it did something random. Yeah. I think that was the worst thing. Like when they were earthbending, they did loads of different actions and a rock floated in the air rather than, you know, I'm using their arm to kind of pull the earth up. Yeah. Um, so I think it looks, it, it looks really good and I'm really excited. 22 days and counting. Ever releasing it all at once, do you know, or is it going to be in two parts like Netflix tends to do these days? I'm not sure, but from the trailer, so obviously, I don't know if you know, in Avatar The Last Airbender, there's three books. Yeah. There's Water, Earth, and Fire, because yeah. they're the ones he's learning. There are scenes from every single one of those books in that trailer. Interesting. So, because I thought they were just going to start and release Water. Yeah. But from the looks of it, there's everything in there. Um, so that could be really interesting. So I don't know if they're just going to release it all at once and it's, yeah, it's I mean, going to be like 20 episodes or something. I wonder if that's because this is the one that the, the original creators yeah. walked away from because they weren't happy with the direction. And so like that was kind of in the back of my mind watching this trailer is I wonder what it was. I wonder what was the deal breaker for them. And maybe it's doing it all in one season. Maybe it's it's rushing it that they weren't happy I, with. I think that maybe it's... I'm kind of starting to think that they wanted to recreate the, the anime in live action, yeah. including filler episodes, which there are a lot of in the anime. Well, you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't do it like scene for scene, shot for shot, episode for episode like that. Would never I mean, happen. But, but I mean, you could. But... If they are doing like all three of the the books in one season of a live action show, that does seem very rushed. I don't know because like what one season for him to learn three new powers. Well, I think when you take the filler episodes into it, there's not actually in the anime. There's not actually that many that are crucial yeah. to the story. Yeah. Obviously, the filler episodes, they do give little bits of background and dialogue between characters like uh, Ang and Katara's relationship and things like that. But, but that, they... yeah, but that, that tends to be the more interesting stuff, doesn't it? If you're not putting time into building the characters and to building the relationships between them, then it's like, well, what's the point? But what Otherwise, kind of... you're just going from, from cool scene to cool action scene to cool action scene and, like, who cares? But what it kind of makes me feel think about is the One Piece show that's done so well. Yeah, it's on. My, but they've uh, they've had to do that. It's on my watch list, but I've not even started. Do you know, it do you know what I mean? The amount of episodes in One Piece that are filler. Yeah, they've had to cut all of that down. So it's probably a similar thing they've done, which is why I'm excited, more excited for it now. I was excited anyway, but you know, 
after the One Piece and thinking they've had to do a very similar thing, but kind of yeah. on a bigger scale. Well, we will we will see shortly, and I'll I'll give it a go. I'll give it a watch and see what I think. Okay, so next trailer is the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Have you watched it? I've watched the trailer. Yeah. What it did looks, you think? I mean, it it looks good. It looks like Guy Ritchie doing a war film, which is uh, you know it's what it is. Um, he's had he's had some hits and some misses, Guy Ritchie, but. It does look a lot of fun. Our favourite our favorite man's in there. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yep. I hope yeah. his mum's in there too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed The Gentleman. I I enjoyed Operation Fortune as well, which I think was on Netflix. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, it, it looks like he's, he's doing his usual thing, but on a bigger scale, like it's not just in London's East End, but it's like he's taken that formula and applied it to World War Two. I really like the music in the trailer. Another one bites for dust. But with the gunshots and the actions yeah. that they're doing are hitting the beats in the song. And I, I think, think it works more, really well. Yeah. I think that's more to do with how the trailer's being cut though. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's gonna be a thing in the actual film like Baby Driver was. No, I don't, but I think it's just it makes the trailer very uh, grabbing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is a good trailer. Um, and the other one I wanted to talk about is Roadhouse, which is coming on to Amazon Prime. I I, I don't really have any interest in that. I've oh. never seen the original Roadhouse. I only know it from the Family Guy episode. <laughs> <laughs> Him driving the car, kicking the wheel. Yeah. Um, is that going to be a, a series? Uh, f- from what I... I don't know. Uh, oh, no, it's going to be a new film. But it is a reimagining yeah. of the 80s film. Uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. But from the trailer, it looks really good. It looks... And it's got Conor McGregor in it. It has. That is a great thing. Because Conor McGregor's just funny. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably wait and see how it's received first and see if it's yeah worth my time to watch or not. I do feel like Prime have started coming out with a lot more that are worth watching in, in the last year or so. Yeah. They've kind of upped the game a little bit. Yeah, no, well... I've seen a lot of good films on uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, Reacher is something that I've recently watched. I've heard very good things about... One of my favourite podcasts is um, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard and uh, do one called Fat Man Beyond, and they always rave about Reacher. How many podcasts does Kevin Smith do? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Is that just his his job nowadays? Podcasts. of his career now. Honestly, the... The amount of podcast he does, he does a, a nerdy podcast, doesn't he? Well, that's like so. Fat Man Beyond. It used to be called Fat Man on Batman, and then he lost a load of weight, and so it didn't really fit anymore. So they changed it to Fat Man Beyond. Uh, but I, I usually try and watch that one on YouTube because they actually film it, and it tends to be a good few hours long as well. Yeah, it's it's a meaty one. But yes, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of good stuff coming up um, that I'm excited for. I'm excited for us to watch it and then talk about. Shall we move on to things that have already come out? Yes. So these, you know, we were planning on talking about both of these early in the month, but or early, early in the year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we will talk about. We've got, we've got Echo, and we've got What If. And we've we, also got Percy Jackson, which hasn't finished. No. So we'll talk about that more once it's finished. Uh, but I do have thoughts. Did you finish watching Echo then? No, so if we talk okay. about Echo first more generally, just because I've watched four out of five episodes, I've, I didn't manage to finish it before we started recording. 
so before we start, spoilers for the first four episodes of Echo. Um, what do you think? I'm going to eat my own hat, socks, underwear, T-shirt, tongue. Okay, but what did you think about Echo? And <laughs> I, I distinctly remember me saying that I am just not interested in it. I distinctly was saying that I think it's, it's just not going to be worth the watch. I watched five episodes in a night. Yeah. Well, I think that... <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it. It's the trap that you can fall into with the MCU. It, like, in Hawkeye, she just wasn't a particularly engaging part of that no. series and that story. We, we said so they did was... do things good with the, like, the deaf side of things. But her as a character, I wasn't, I wasn't invested in. No. But... Yeah, they they really. I, I've enjoyed. So so what I was hoping that they were going to do is lots of interesting stuff with her hearing impairment. Um, they've not really done a lot of that. I mean, you know, there were times when it's showing it from her point of view. Um, but like, have you ever watched Only Murders in the Building? I haven't watched it now. That's what I've heard of it. Yeah, they're well worth watching. Um, but they they did like an entire episode once from the point of view of a deaf character, which was it, it was really great. I was hoping they were going to do more stuff like that in Echo. What I did enjoy them leaning into is her Native American heritage. Yeah, and, and that ended up being more interesting than uh, than her being a deaf yeah superhero. Is she a superhero? I guess kind of super. Anti-hero, maybe. Yeah, I, I think she's she's kind of an anti-hero. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what was in episode five and what wasn't. So, I, I the big question for episode five is: Is she going to work with Kingpin or against Kingpin? Well, also, so good to see Kingpin back. Yes, terrifying. Yeah, like that scene. That it's a flashback scene to when she's a kid, and he beats the shit out of the guy. Is just like is an ice cream vendor on the yeah. street, and he like beats him Dis- half to death because he disrespected her. Yeah, and he's got his his classic comic book white suit on, and yeah, like, and it's it's the first the first MCU show that's really like the first MCU property that's really gone in on like the blood. Yeah, it well there's a there's a warning at the start of it. Yeah, because how many people are going to be like, oh, look, new Marvel show, Let's, I'll put this on for kids. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. So I liked the bits of the like the death side of things that they did put in there, like cutting it from sound to mo- nothing and just, the, you know, having that, but them not focusing on it too much. I love the Native American side of things. Like, I love Native American history and background. And you'll see this at the end of the fifth episode, not a spoiler, but they they put a like before they roll the credits. It's a thank you to the Chiquatwa tribe of Oklahoma, so th- who had a massive input in the actual history and things like that. And I love the start of it, the start of each episode because uh, I think it was episode three that was in like black and white. It was yeah. like a silent movie. Yeah. And use it. We've spoke about it before. We like WandaVision and that, that we'd love when shows and movies do different mediums. Yeah. And just, just play with the style a bit. Yeah. And I think it, doing it for them little short bits really worked. 
I think possibly one of my favourite scenes didn't even have Maya in it. It was it's it might be episode two, and it's her. I think it's her cousin, uh, isn't it? But um, he's in the shop and he's helping the granddad to to sell what I assume is just like some worthless tat. Yeah, to some uh, tourist by convincing <laughs> them. And the granddad's that. behind signing, saying, yeah. "Get the fuck out." <laughs> Like, this is, you know, genuine uh, Native American culture and you're helping to support Native American artists. Why do I feel like you're trying to put a slight Native American accent on? (laughs) This is where wind flows and mountains rise in valley. I mean, that's basically what he was doing, wasn't it? He was was putting it on thicker. Yeah, he was doing the Native American shtick. And talking about his ancestors. And then he does the chant. <laughs> and what, <laughs> I loved him doing that. So it was just like, what the fuck? What were he saying? It's like, by the fucking thing or something like that. Und- like, But in a chant. <laughs> by the fucking thing. Yeah. But I, I just, I thought it, I was so surprised by the show. Um, I love, and I'm hoping this is in episode four. I think it, it's got, yeah, it's got to be. The when Kingpin sits down for dinner, yeah, cool. The tech that is done so that they can talk individually, so he's talking and it's signing in front of him yeah. for her. I, I love the fact that so many I feel like a lot of people will have gone, Wow, that's really cool. He's done it so he can talk to her. Whereas I'm thinking he's that much of a prick that he just didn't give the time to learn sign language well, like she, instead she spent... That. She said that herself. Yeah. And, like, I had the same kind of thought process, like, oh, well, he really cares about her. He's had this amazing technology invented. And then she says, like, you, you've, you've had someone invent this because it, you couldn't be bothered to learn sign language. Oh, well, I was, thinking it the, I was thinking it the whole way through. I was like, why does he just not know how to sign? Yeah. Like, he's had a sense of kid. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like, why... why doesn't he, why is he not signing for to her? Yeah, and he always had the translator yeah. just behind him. And, and then gets her killed every time. That was just, fuck. I was like, it was like, you, you can go. And she just walks off and gets yeah. done. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, the other great sequence for me was the the, the fight in the, the role of Disco. Oh. Uh, when she plays Dragula by Rob Zombie on full blast. <laughs> And that's a great song. It always reminds me of The Matrix because that's the song that's playing in the club when Neo first meets Trinity. What I first thought of, I went, that is genius because they can't hear shit, but it doesn't matter to yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's she's she's clever. Like she yeah. she made a gun out of like I don't like rollerblades and nuts and bolts. She is a bit ruthless though, isn't she? Like she punched she punched her cousin. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's a great fight scene. I like the camera angle when she when they're in the actual rollering bit and she's going down the line of like the arcade games. Yeah, like the camera s- sits flat at the side as she's running forward through them. Some great improvisational weapons there as well, using like the arcade games that are next to the roller whip ring. as a whip. Like, Jesus! Yeah, pulling those the, the guns off of like the the time crisis. I flinched when she whipped his face. I was like, yeah. "Fuck!" <laughs> but yeah, that were a great scene. I think the other thing that should just quickly talk about is the Daredevil cameo. Yes, um, which it, it's 
kind of disappointing that there was so little Daredevil in there, but it's it is nice to just keep getting hints of it while they're building Jesus. up to uh, Daredevil: Born Again. Um, but yeah, it it was in there very very briefly in episode one. But the scene that he was in was a great fight scene. Um, I did wonder at first, like, is that even Charlie Cox? But then it does, like, it shows you him, and it's it's unmistakably yeah. his chin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the red suit as well, which, like, it places it nicely in the timeline. You know, it's somewhere between, like, uh, Daredevil Series 3 and She-Hulk. Yeah. Because that's when he had that suit. They have added Daredevil to Disney Plus now. Well, Daredevil was already on Disney Plus. I think what has happened? They've rebranded it. They, they've put it into the MCU section where it wasn't before. Are they accepting that as? So I, th- I think that's canon. the idea because this is something that we should have talked about in the news, but it kind of fits into this because Daredevil. Um, we we already knew that there were extensive reshoots happening on Daredevil: Born Again. Yeah. To the point where it's basically like starting again from scratch. And we we were a bit like, mm, is that a good thing? Well, I think it's definitely a good thing based on the set reports, which show that Foggy and Karen are back. They're making the Daredevil series canon. Yeah, and does that mean they're making all of the? I, th- I think at the end of is it the end of Daredevil where they decide to set up Nelson, Murdoch, and Page. Yeah, and that and there is a sign that has been seen on set for the officers of Nelson, Murdoch, and Page. Yeah, and obviously Daredevil represents, represented Spider-Man. Yeah, so... So I think it is a good thing that we've done that. That, that is really exciting news for the Daredevil series. It does look like it is going to be like a proper continuation of... We, we did worry at first. Show. Do yeah. you know what I think it means? I might have to re-watch the Netflix show. Never a bad idea. No. And that, that first series, like... I liked all of it, but that first series of Daredevil was just something else. And Kingpin in that as well. Like he wasn't in Series 2 much. I think he was only in one episode of Series 2. Uh, but Kingpin in, in Series 1 of Daredevil was Do you think anyone else incredible. could play Kingpin? I mean, I'm sure they could. But... Is, that, is anyone look inhumanly as big? Because <laughs> he does, doesn't it? Like, I think that's the whole thing about Kingpin. Like, he inhumanly looks yeah. big. I mean... There's, there's been he, looks, different... he looks like Marvel Hagrid. There's been different interpretations of Kingpin like over the years. Sometimes he's just like a fat guy. Sometimes he's like ridiculously massive, like he is in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Jesus one fist. That kind of reminded me when it was when he was beating the ice cream salesman in that alley, it kind of reminded me of when he kills Peter Parker. Yeah. In Into the Spider-Verse. I did think of that. Another thing I want to mention about Echo, and I don't know why I always find these sort of things interesting, is the title of episodes. I feel like okay. you do too, because we always talk about the titles. The title of each episode is a predominant woman in the tribe's like okay. lineage. And... They the per, the one that they the name of the episode is the one they talk about in each one. So do you know the word, first one is called Chaffer? Yeah, and Chaffer is essentially the first one that brought them out of the tree thing. Yeah. So each one and the last episode, I know you haven't watched it, but it's called Maya. So 
and obviously four is Talo, Taloa, yeah, which is a mum, yeah. Then Tuklo is her grandmother, yeah. And I think I did now, say Tuklo they... is the black and white one. Loak is the one uh, that was playing that game with the ball. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's just really interesting that it's just a singular name of each episode, but it's kind of spanning across the generations, which it, I feel is the whole thing with the whole glowy hand thing and yeah, that they're all connected. Okay, shall we talk about what if? What if we don't? Hey, what if, what if season two and. They've already started releasing teasers for What If Season 3. <laughs> like, they released, like, a mini scene. Well, it wasn't even mini. It was quite a long video to say, like, Season 2 only just came out. Uh, but, it, you know, I get there's some exciting stuff coming for Season 3, which we'll talk about another time. Do you want to talk episode by episode, or do you just want to go straight in and yeah. say which is your favourite? I think I think we'll do episode by episode. We'll not, we'll not spend too long on each one, because I feel like we've been talking for ages already. Um, but yeah, so episode one was what if Nebula did a Blade Runner? <laughs> like it was very Blade Runner that one. It, it was it was the script for Blade Runner, I believe. Um, although I don't so I don't I, know how I felt about the first two episodes. To be fair, I, I have issues with some of the titles of these episodes, and like again, it's, it's me just being a being pedantic. But I I feel like the what if question should be like the inciting event like this is the thing that changed yeah and so what if nebula joined the nova core isn't what changed that was the result of what if ronan killed thanos that that is the the thing that changes the world and then as a result of that nebula joins the nova core but i feel I like that... i feel like i feel like some of the season one episodes weren't like that weren't accurate. Oh yeah, some of no, them were like, "What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands?" It... Yeah, I was I was really impressed by a lot of the cast that may, they managed to get back for this. Yeah. So I I never expected that they would get Jude Law to lend his voice to this, but they did. Jude Law was back as Yon Rock. Uh, they had Michael Rooker as Yondu. I feel like he'll always be up for doing that. Seth Green as Howard the Duck. Again, I feel like he'll always be up for doing that. Um, but yeah, getting Jude Law back felt like a big swing. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk more about that on, on other episodes because there's one in particular that I just... Yeah, there's a certain actor that I just did not think would come back for a voice-only role in the MCU, but they did. Um, but yeah. I I really like this stylistically. Yeah. And it feels it feels the most distinct to me in that it does feel very Blade Runner and it does feel very like sci-fi. It looks like it's noir. It's the one that feels like it's using a different medium. Yeah. Um I mean I like the animation style is the same across all of them, which it would be cool if they changed that up a bit. But yeah, I I felt like from a direction point of view the first episode is the one that feels like it stands out most. And I agree with you that, like, it is probably, out of a lot, it's probably the worst one. Uh, second worst. But I still really enjoyed it. Third worst. <laughs> yeah, third worst, because I'm, I'm in a, a really controversial opinion, but I hated episode five. Oh, no. I was so bored. 
You've never been more wrong. One, two, and five were like my least favorite. I'm surprised that you didn't like two because I thought that was a really interesting, a really interesting premise of like assembling what what would the Avengers have looked like if they'd been assembled in the 80s. Um, so the episode is called "What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes." I mean, what it should have been called again is "What If the Ravagers Had Delivered." What if you, What if Yondu had delivered Peter Quill? Yeah. Because that, again, that is the inciting event that splits this universe off from the sacred timeline. Yeah. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, I felt, was a really... Uh... I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just I saying bet. I liked a lot more of the episodes instead. More. That was the interesting part of it for me. Well, there was, like, the 80s Avengers. What would the 80s Avengers have looked like? And so you've got you've got Bill Foster as what's his name? It's not stature, is it? Who's yeah. Bill Foster? Stature. Is he stature? Because okay. he went big. I thought stature was um what's his name's daughter? Uh Giant, I think is he just Giant Man? Oh, he's Goliath. He's Goliath. Goliath. Oh, stature is um yeah, Ant Man's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, so Bill Foster there as Goliath. Uh you've got King Tachaka as the Black Panther of that time. Yeah. Uh, Bucky Barnes, who is still like brainwashed and just trying to kill anyone which, he wants, which was yeah, like that was really interesting because most of Bucky that we've seen, like, had like you, 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 in the Winter Soldier, obviously, is still brainwashed at the start of that, but he has been acting as the Winter Soldier for so long. It's interesting to see, like, a even though it's a alternate reality story, it's interesting to see a story in that intervening years. Yeah, like when he killed uh, Tony's parents. Yeah, but you don't see a lot of that, do you? you see no. Some fuzzy CCTV footage. In fact, no, it does zoom no, in. Does. Show. But, but, no, it does. No, it, it plays the... Yeah, but you don't you, you don't see the circumstances surrounding it, really. Yeah, you don't see him being ordered to do it and him basically being a Russian asset. Yeah. Um, you get Marvel. Yeah. And Hank Pym. So you kind of got, you've got like two Ant Man characters in there. Again, Marvel, that's a, another character who I, I feel like has, has there's such potential for like what has basically like the original Captain Marvel been up to. Yeah. Uh, in all that time that you never really get to see in like her only other appearance is in Captain Marvel, isn't it? I believe. Yeah. So that's really cool. It reminded me a lot of Brightburn. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's basically like um, evil kid Superman. Yeah, just ridiculously powerful. Yeah. It's interesting that there is no uh, T'Challa in any of these episodes. And I think in season one, he was in quite a bit. But I guess, I guess they're just... Is that a respect thing? They don't want yeah, anyone yeah. else to voice him? Exactly. I think that's it. And eventually, I'm sh- like, surely we will see T'Challa again in some form. But it still feels a bit too soon, maybe. Uh, I just feel like it's kind of a, we need to retire the jersey. Maybe, yeah. Like, use his son or his father more. Or, yeah. obviously, his sister, who's now the Black Panther, rather than him. There's so many more characters that are similar that you can use than him. Yeah. Because he was just so perfect at it, and obviously left the world in yeah a shock but yeah again 
again, King Chaka is one of those characters who you know has been the Black Panther. You know he's been active in this period. And you've just never really, you've never seen that because yeah. you've only seen him as like an old man just before his death. And killing his brother. Yeah. <laughs> I want Thor. Thor's in there, which I thought was great. It's like, oh yeah, of course, like he's he's there and still looks the same age because he's like a god. Thousands of years old, yeah. I like seeing the personality of Thor when he's not part I'm, of it. I I miss like classic Thor. It's like he's been he's been around Earth a bit too long now and he's a bit too used to things. It's but been like, domesticated. <laughs> yeah. But like when in in Avengers One, <laughs> no, in Thor One, where he slams well, glass on floor, is like wench. This is this drink. I like it. Another or uh, he goes into a pet shop. <laughs> like I need a horse. <laughs> um, but no, in, in Avengers One, well, Iron Man's taking the piss out of him for talking like Shakespearean. Like, does mother know you wear of her drapes? Like, he couldn't do uh-huh. that now because it Thor just doesn't talk like that anymore. <laughs> so I, I like seeing like yeah pre pre Earth pre domesticated for yeah the next episode the next episode what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas was, was so fantastic. much fun so much fun uh there's there's some brilliant gags in there but this really did feel like the episode where the writers could just Have let fun loose with a bit it. and yeah and just be be daft and be silly with it. And like, oh, like what if we did a, a Die Hard with Happy Hogan? Yeah, why not? But also in in accidentally creating one of the most sought-after superheroes we want. Ooh, the freak. Uh, yeah. It is Happy, freak, ha- ha- yeah. Happy Hogan with Hulk powers. Yeah. Yeah, so Happy Hogan in the comics uh, is sometimes a character called the freak, and so that's who... He he becomes when he gets the Hulk blood, uh, which is why he also turns into the freak in another episode. Yeah. Um. So like, it's interesting that there there are many realities out there by the looks of it where Happy Hogan is the freak. I love that he just runs around with one Hulk leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just certain parts are just turning into Hulk. But I I think just the. Uh, the, the the parallels that they draw to Die Hard and like there's shots in it which is like shot for shot Die Hard. I it just reminded me of the Rick and Morty episode where it's like, yeah, are you doing a Die Hard? Yeah, and that that's a great episode of Rick and Morty as well. <laughs> I feel like it's it's a film that so many people just know so well. It's not a Christmas film, though. It's not a Christmas film, but like I've seen it so many times, and I I assume that's not just me. Um, but like I you know, know that's that why they did it at Christmas though. Well, yeah, it's it an age-old argument, but also it is it is set at Christmas. This episode is more of a Christmas episode than Die Hard is a Christmas film. <laughs> You've just angered so many people. <laughs> um, Justin Hammer, great to see Justin Hammer back. Is it though? Yeah, because like, because she hate him so much. No, he like he's a great character. And Sam Rockwell came back to voice him. So annoying. Like this is one that had got so many great, like a, a great voice cast. So obviously you've got John Favreau back. Um, 
Kat Dennings back yeah. as Darcy. I always love seeing Darcy. Like she is. I think Darcy is a, a great character. A breath of fresh air, and so many like the gags in there about her just constantly having internships. That's like her <laughs> role in the MCU now. Is she's just the intern in any situation you need an intern? It will be Darcy. Uh, Kobe Smulders back as Maria Hill. Nice yeah. to see Maria Hill uh, alive and well again. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> the secret invasion too, never too happened. Fucking the secret invasion never happened. It was uh, Samuel L. Jackson's fever dream while he was inside a flirking. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, yeah, so Sam Rockwell came back to play Justin Hammer, which was like, I can't, I can't imagine anyone quite doing it as well as Sam Rockwell does. And it was nice that they animated a little dance in there too, because that's something he always does. He's, yeah. he's always he's always doing a little jig in anything he's in. Um, Chris Hemsworth voiced Thor again. He also did in the previous episode. Mark Ruffalo was back. Jer- Jeremy Renner was back. Um, the ones that weren't back is uh, Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, wasn't Iron Man, which is a shame. He will be. He will be eventually. Point. It As Iron Man, um, in Secret Wars, and yeah, Black Widow, Steve Rogers, uh, all had like standing voices. Um, what I thought was a real shame is apparently they approached Werner Herzog to voice Werner, but he turned it down, so they had to get a sound alike. But that was, I think, my favorite joke in the entire episode is they get this new AI called Werner, and when they plug it in, it's like this nihilistic German. <laughs> Who sounds suspiciously similar to Werner Herzog, uh, but yeah, like great episode, and I feel like it's an episode that, like, out of all of these, there's a couple that I might like just go back and rewatch, and I feel like this is one that I could just go back and rewatch every yeah. Christmas. I'm more likely to watch this at Christmas than Die Hard. <laughs> Let me guess, this one number six, yeah, number what, nine. What if, what if Tony? landed on Sakaar? What if Tony didn't what? take it back through the portal? Is what, what if it should I be Man, called. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? So again, you've got uh, Mick Wingert as Iron Man. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is back as the Grandmaster. Tessa Thompson back as Valkyrie. Taika Waititi as Korg. Uh, I just love Taika Waititi and he's New Zealand accent when he puts it on and he's like, hey, my name's Cork. I, I, I don't, you know he's from New Zealand, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but no, he, <laughs> he, if he, oh, right. he emphasises yeah. how Kiwi sounds. Yeah, so this oh, yeah, it, it was Jeff Goldblum it, just being Jeff Goldblum like I, 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 I do wonder how much of this, because you know on Thor Ragnarok, he was just like let loose, like you just be be as Jeff Goldblum as you want. Like I feel like a lot of that was improvised, but this had the same feel. It's such so an like, amazing accent, and it's, it's like like when he's melting at the end, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm melting." Oh, oh no, it doesn't feel bad. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, it feels I, actually kind of good. I feel like you cannot script that for Jeff Goldblum. Like, but it is too perfect. <laughs> And I wonder. I wonder if they just like put him in a booth, like they did with um, Robin Williams in Aladdin. Like you record what you want, and we'll animate around you rather than the other way around. Because uh, that was so hard, though. Well, you know, they always have to like 
animate to people's voice patterns and things anyway. But yeah, I I, I wonder how much free reign he was given there. He wasn't given a script. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this I, I like. I love I loved seeing Grandmaster in it. This wasn't one of my favorites. This was probably further down my list. Um, but something that there was was some brilliant uh, Iron Man suit up sequences. We always talk about the suit up sequences. Yeah, but the one where like his car is his suit, <laughs> but he's driving and then puts like he's got the suit on and then he just. <sighs> It just blew my mind a little bit because I was like, uh, I didn't expect it. It hurt yeah. my head. Just trying to think, was it suit then car or car then suit? I think it was a car then a suit. Then was it a car again? No, no, it was suit then car. Oh, okay. But yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of the Iron Man 2 uh, trackside suit-up sequence <laughs> <laughs> with the with the briefcase. Just like... Oh. That is probably one of the best ones. Iron Man suit up sequences were so much better before it used nanotech. I like the one where his suit tech comes off when he's walking to talk to Loki. Yeah. And he's just casually walking down like the, the pathway thing. Yeah, yeah. But in, and in it's just Avengers. taking it off. Yeah. Okay, so you said you didn't like this one so much. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Yeah, I just I was I was a bit bored. Which was I get that it's I was gonna say the only one. I guess it's not quite the only one, but it is. It's a direct sequel to an episode from series yeah. one, which I quite liked. Like, while uh, the, the great thing about what if is that they can be as standalone as they want, it is nice that they also can follow up on the interesting stories. And Captain Carter, I thought, was one of the standouts of series one. Um, and I mean, it's so good that they brought the character back for. Um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness like a different different alternate reality version of the character so it's great to see her back here again um, and teaming up with Black Widow and so like basically the series one episode was like the events of the first Captain America film but with oh, yeah. Peggy Carter instead and this is almost that with uh, Winter Soldier, but they fold a lot of like the Black Widow film into there as well, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. I mean, they even got Rachel Weiss back uh, as Molina. Frank Grillo was back, and again, others that have been back in other episodes. So Sebastian stands there again. Obviously, Haley Atwell's there, and yeah, I just I, I'm I'm always happy when. Peggy Carter pops back up, no matter which version of her it is. I think this is getting too much of her. <laughs> what too much? Too much Captain Carter? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, she felt like one of the standout characters from Series One, so I felt like it. It only made sense to do what they pretty much do from this point on, which is it kind of starts to center around her character a bit. Yeah. I can see why, you know, some people would like it to be a bit more standalone and a bit less of a through story. I think that's what, I it's not not really that I don't like that. the character at all. Like, I prefer her to Steve Rogers, I think. But I do, like, the what if I like, I prefer the, the standalone stories and the more, like, the one after this is just Yeah, I mean, I did perfect. wonder when they started 
using her more through this series. So she is in three episodes of this series, as well as two episodes of the previous series. So she must, she's been in more than any other character, surely, or like the, the, the same specific version of her. I did wonder if they were testing the waters to to see if it's worth using her prominently for MCU. Yeah, but for, for the multiverse Avengers film, for yeah. whatever they end up calling and whether they're uh, Kang Dynasty or not. I liked her in Multiverse. In Secret Wars. Like multiverse it, of Madness. Yeah. I think she was great. But I I think there's there's surely like zero percent chance that she is not in Secret Wars. And possibly even this version of her. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be cool if the Watcher came into Secret Wars a bit. Yeah, like, do you know again, if they crossed it all over? Like, I feel like it's. I know skipping to the head, head, but at the end where they kind of on about taking a journey, like in yeah. Secret Wars, if it went, like they were looking in and there was like, wait, this is, I need, yeah. I need to, I need to intervene. I loved that. I think it was the beginning of this episode where the Watcher referred to Peggy Carter as a friend. Yeah. Like, I found that quite touching. <laughs> his like, only this, friend. Yeah, this character who is... He's Meant always to be lonely. Watching, but, but he can't... Generally, he's not allowed to interact with anyone. Though he does feel like a very lonely character. I don't think it's not... That he's not allowed, because who's going to stop him? He's not the only Watcher. He's a Watcher. And the five, four. There's, there's a whole race of watchers. Is there? Yeah. I thought there's that scene with Stan Lee because yeah, they're the, the, they're the watchers, aren't they? The, yeah, they are some watchers. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's only a matter of time before we get this watcher. Who I don't know if it's ever been specified, but I assume is a watu uh, from yeah. the comics. Um, it's like the main one, isn't it? Really. Yeah, he's like, I think he's the Watcher who is assigned to watch Earth. Yeah. I don't know if it's specifically Earth 616, but he's like assigned to watch Earth. Um, but yeah, I think we'll we'll get like live action Jeffrey Wright voicing the Watcher. They're going to have to make him have a big head. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they look like. And then at the end of this episode, I like there's some great Watcher stuff in here. <laughs> The end of this episode, when he's suddenly like taken aback, is when she gets sucked through the portal. Yeah, it's like, and he's wait, like what? wait, what? What's happening? It's great for this like all-knowing being to not know. So suddenly, and I guess it's he knows what's coming next. If there's no interference, I guess. But at that point, there's like interference from another dimension. But... I think there are things when he said like, "Ooh, this is different." Yeah, yeah. Like, what was the in series one, I think there was summer, yeah. and he was like, "This is different." What was the episode where someone was it? Was it a version of Ultron? Like someone suddenly notices him? Yes, it was an Ultron. Was what it? If, what if Ultron won? Because uh, he gets yeah. the Infinity Stones, and then he just like looks, is like, "Yeah, who are you?" And Peggy does actually say, "I don't know if it's in this episode or the uh, eighteen, no, the sixteen oh two one that." She can sometimes hear the watcher. It's the sixteen oh two one. Which I thought, like, is that just because she's she's actually met him and she so being, she's been in his, she's been in his realm. 
yeah, she's been in his realm, she's been in his presence, she has had a conversation with him, but like pretty much nobody else has done. Is yeah. that why she can hear him when other people can't? Um, yeah, so next episode, the standout episode. Oh, the best episode of season one and two. But what if Kahari reshaped the world? It's literal per- perfect. Like, brand new character as well. Such a such a swing to introduce a brand new character, never even been in the comic books before, and to have basically no English in there. I think there's no, a, they, an introduction they, from the Watcher, and that's it. There's an English episode. Oh, the, yeah, they've dubbed it into English, but... Why would you do that? Like... Watching this episode in English feels like watching Werewolf by Night in colour. <laughs> Like, yeah, I knew why... you were gonna say that. I just don't get why they made it. Because did, did you? Do you know what? I get it. If if someone's blind and they want to watch it, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. So I get. Yeah, I get... yeah. Okay. there is an accessibility option, but yeah, um... I was gonna say because it kind of. I I just the whole point that is the like one of the solidifying points about this is the way it is done in that way but i guess if you are blind and can't read the screen yeah they don't want to shut you out so i i will retract my statement but it's it's also been done with like so much respect to the culture like yeah uh, it, it, like the sky world and everything is all part of of mohawk culture and i think yeah. there's, there's a thank you on the end of the episode isn't it because they did work with uh mohawk people yeah to to get this episode right and to make it feel right and i i was listening to the empire podcast where they interviewed i think it was brian andrews who direct who yeah directed most of these episodes and he said that people have told him they feel like it's the first time they've really got mohawk culture right on screen yeah. Like one of the main reasons I wouldn't want to watch this in English is because I kind of love the like the, the cadence of the the Mohawk language. Like I, I love the the, the the speech patterns that like yeah. it, it just hits my ear right and it sounds great. And I don't it know does. About it's, you. When she says a name, because you don't they don't say Kahori, did they? They go Kahoi. Like yeah. Kahori. Did did you like was did it remind you of the Assassin's Creed? Uh, like the opening of Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. Uh, had a hair gone. Red a hair gone. Yeah. Like that's I... his name. That's his actual name, isn't it? Red a hair gone. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think the language is fantastic. It does it, I it's it is like so nice to hear and listen to. Yeah. So Kahori is voiced by Devery Jacobs and as well as voicing Kahori, she plays Bonnie in Echo. Oh, yeah, she does. Who uh, apparently yeah, she's she, in American she, Gods as well. She's the cousin, isn't she? The cousin who who they, they were like best friends when they were kids. That's that's Bonnie in Echo. Apparently, she's in uh, in American Gods. Uh, yeah, yeah, she Sam was. Black Crow. But yeah, like that feels it, it's a <laughs> a lot of people have played multiple characters in the mcu but this must be like one of the quickest turns around from <laughs> being in what if to being in echo releasing at the same time pretty much 
yeah, like a week apart or something, maybe two weeks. Exact same in Echo when they speak in, um, what, what is the, like the umbrella term? Because there's so many different Native American. Yeah, but I think, yeah, there's a lot of different languages. Yeah, because you've got like Navajo, uh, yeah. Choctaw, uh, Comanche, Cherokee, yeah. Mohawk. Uh, but I kind of assumed that once the, you know, the, the invaders turn up who are going to threaten their way of life that maybe speak in English but no they're Spanish and yeah. that is also not uh, not dubbed that's not translated so you've got those speaking Mohawk you've got the conquistadors speaking Spanish the only bits of English are the there are a few from I think there's the there's conquistadors the, slightly the, the watcher at the very beginning and then there's some at the very end. I think in middle, the like the head conquistador does speak English. Right. He's speaking Spanish to them, and they're not clearly not understanding. So I think he does say something in English. I might be wrong. Um, but it's, like, do you know what? I'd, I've never wanted to see a character live action so much. Yeah. Like if she, I think she'd just slot into the MCU so well. Yeah. And obviously, uh, it's not the last time we see her in this season. Yeah, which was a really nice surprise. Yeah. Um, and then you get Benedict Cumberbatch at the very end returning as Strange Supreme from Series 1. So the second returning character from Series 1. Yep. Guess the third if you count the Watcher. <laughs> but I wasn't. <laughs> you say no one, no, no, no one's been at the role reprised so much. The Watcher has. Every single fucking episode. Uh, but no, just like her power set, her demeanor, everything about the character was perfect. And the way it was done was amazing. Yeah. Now, the next episode I really liked. Uh, yeah, no. I really it, enjoyed it. It was it was a good one. I'm not, sh- not entirely sure what I thought of like redeeming Hela. I don't know, because I feel like at the point, that she got taken, it was different. Yeah. Because she'd not been locked away for ages. She'd been under her father's influence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I did like the uh, the mirroring of Thor. When he banishes Thor uh, to when he, he banishes Hela. Whispering to the crown. And, yeah, so he places the enchantment on the crown instead of on Mjolnir. And I guess, yeah, Hela is like a, a kind of a... a and she's a product of how Odin treats her. Yeah. So I guess okay. Yeah, I've changed my mind. It's fine. You can redeem her. <laughs> she's never been treated by anyone else. She'd yeah. only known Odin, and then he imprisoned her. So as soon as he died, she came out all guns blazing because she was pissed. Yeah. She'd never. Um, she'd never been locked away for thousands of years. I assume to kind of just sit and stew. Yeah. I'm. I'm still just not over it. Killing the warriors free. Oh, yeah, I know. And so easily as well. Yeah. Like, it is a fantastic a superpower that she's got, though. The fact of just knives. <laughs> uh, but this is the one. So I alluded to earlier, like, there was a, one specific person I could not believe they'd got back. And they got Kate Blanchett back. Like, who'd have ever thought? That she would be reprising her role. Not think it does 
make the episode better when it's a reprised voice. It just, it, I think it slots in more nicely. I think it, like, they got some voices back for series one, but I feel like nowhere near as many. No. And, and I think not... it did, season one did so well. That's it. Not as many big actors. I think maybe, you know, people saw the quality of season one and were like, yeah, I'll be involved in that. I thought you were going to say Tom Hiddleston in end episode. No, no. I feel like Tom Hiddleston will will always come back as Loki <laughs> if he's asked. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston will do anything for money. <laughs> no, Any, that's not what I was saying. Anything. I just, he just loves the character no. of Loki. Anything. What have you been paying Tom Hiddleston <laughs> to do? <laughs> <coughs> Ask Henry Cavill's mom. <laughs> Lawsuit. <laughs> uh, but no, I liked it. I thought it was, it was a strange concept at first. Yeah. With the Ten Rings. I, I did like the little scene where she tried to do the whole hair thing and make the, the crown come and she's just there stroking her hair. Like shit, yeah. But I kind of like the whole. I like the whole powers that the the village have. Uh, what's it? What's the village called? Talo. Talo. I like the powers that they like. The they're basically airbenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when was another one of those characters, like I was saying earlier, that like we've seen disappointingly little of. Well, yeah, because he's been around for thousands of years. Because they've kept the rings, kept him alive, didn't they? Yeah, well, I don't feel like I've got a lot to say about this episode. You said you really liked this one. What? <laughs> I just, I really, I did some more. I really liked it. Uh, not so much the start, but once she goes to Tarlow, that whole and just more the dialogue of the contrast between, you know, they're talking about the dark and the light. Yeah, and just kind of the 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 pushback that Hella has on, like, it's not me. But over time, you actually kind of. It sinks in. And I do, I just, I like the redemption of it. I do like characters that have a really good redemption arc and her overcoming this, gaining her own freedom and not just being controlled and ordered around by her dad. I kind of like how some of these, not all of them, but some of them are kind of like, what if we like smushed these two films together? What would yeah. it look like? So like the Captain Carter one in this is like, well, what if we took Winter Soldier and just smushed it into Black Widow? Not like I'm playing the action figures. <laughs> um, but then this one is like, yeah, okay, so what if we, we took Thor Ragnarok and then we took Shang-Chi and we'll just smush those together and see what the result is. I feel like we saw Suta a lot in this Suta season. Was in the previous episode. Yeah, and the final episode. And I... Was he in last season? But I feel the only words he ever says is, <laughs> like, what does he say? Asgard. Well, I am my... Asgard's doom. Yeah. Just over and over that... again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in What If Kahori Reshaped the World because he destroys Asgard. Um, yeah. And then he's in What If Strange Supreme Intervened. I am Asgard's doom. That's all he cares about. Yeah. That's basically his purpose is to be Asgard's doom. Um, so then we pick back up with Carter. Peggy Carter with What If the Avengers Assembled in 1602. No one ever calls Captain Britain. You're right, they don't. But she is Captain Britain, isn't she? Yeah. But they always call her Captain Carter. No one ever calls her Captain Britain. And she never works for Britain. Yeah, so where, she has definitely she, been she called has Captain a, Britain somewhere. 
she has a British flag on her shield. She works yeah. for America. I mean, maybe we we just call her Cap. Why why do, do, can she not have like the designation Cap? You always just think of Steve Rogers when, but if they're if he's but if she's like the you know Captain America equivalent, then she can just be Cap. I just I like Captain the I think Captain Britain just separates her from Steve Rogers, and I like that. But Captain Carter does have a nice ring to it. Yeah, and I think that's it. And because there's other Captain Britons like uh, Brian Braddock, um, I guess, and it's like how how we we you know we'll refer to Spider Gwen, and obviously that's not her superhero name. It's just it's differentiating it to ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Although she does now have at first, I think she was just Spider Woman, but now they call her Ghost Spider, which is quite cool. I think Spider Gwen's a good name, but I guess also that is just I, giving away her. Yeah, it's not great for the secret identity part. <laughs> Hi, I'm Spider Gwen. I know a Gwen. There's a uh, Gwenpool as well. Gwenpool. Does she um, look like a scrotum that's been in the bath too long? Like Deadpool's I, face? I, I don't know what the face looks like. Uh, in an issue of Gwenpool, she gets annoyed that people always assume that she's Gwen Stacy. Uh, but her suit, even though she is, well, I, I, I don't know if it's ever established who she is. Oh, uh, but her suit is like Deadpool's suit, but it's red and uh, it's white and pink instead of red and black. What did you think to this uh, 1602 episode? I thought there was a lot of really good stuff in there, there was a lot I liked about it, but then there were some like long, I feel like it, it was, I feel, I feel like it was a lot, and it was, it yeah. was very, it was very busy. There was some really great character stuff in there. Um, I loved seeing Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers like reuniting. They have both lost their equivalents. Um, and I think probably the first time that, or the first time we've seen at least, a super soldiered Steve Rogers meet a super soldiered Peggy Carter. Yeah. Like, usually one of them's kind of screwing so then both of them were like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really liked that um, just because... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Peggy Carter was scoring before Super Well, yeah. <laughs> Not like Steve Rogers, Jesus. No. And old bobblehead Rogers. Yeah. I, I ship about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I was well down for seeing those two uh, reuniting. and But then the, there's the heartbreak. There's that certain get, websites but... for that. <laughs> we... We've talked before about how, like, all across, probably when we spoke about series one, but like across the multiverse, there, there are like, couples one, that just can't be. Yeah, one constant is that they have like a doomed love, and so after being reunited, they have to be separated again by the end of the episode, um, and it does just feel like one of those heart wrenching things. They do, they do get it in a, a end game. I mean, they get a dance. We don't know. I, I suppose now they started living together and went. Do you know what? Now <laughs> you're an asshole. I was going to say we don't know what happened in the intervening years, but then no, the old man Steve Rogers does. Uh... Well, no, he said he has a good life. Yeah, they didn't and say then... yeah. <laughs> Who is it? Is it Sam that says he's going to tell us about her? And he just goes, "No, I don't think I will." Because I don't want Peggy to know. <laughs> uh, so that was great. I also thought the Iron Man stuff in this was great. Like, yeah. Really. Mad scientist. 
really honed in on him as, as a tinkerer and as this like super genius. It made me think of Victor Timely a little bit. Okay, yeah. And you know, it, it made me think of because like he's doing what he can with the technology that is available to him and with the tools that are available to him, which isn't much, but like he's still managing to create these amazing inventions. It reminded me of Iron Man One and uh Obadiah uh, Tony yeah. Stark created this in a cave of scraps in a cave. <laughs> and that, that's what it reminded me of because it's like, yeah, just just put him put him in a, a time and a place and he'll make with, without modern technology and he will still find a way <laughs> to create an Iron Man glove. Yeah. But yeah, so like I say, there were there was some stuff that I uh, I really enjoyed in this. I I felt like the the big fight scene at the end did kind of just feel like it had devolved into just madness. Yeah, so stuff stuff hitting each other on screen, which at the best of times can, if you're not done well, can be really uninteresting. And I think it's even more difficult to get that right in animation. Yeah, it was borderline uninteresting. Um, but like I said earlier, I, it was interesting that Happy Hogan was the freak again here. Yeah. I liked the uh, the, like the little bits of dialogue between him and Hulk during the fight. Yeah, him being very like British. Yeah, and then uh, again, Strange Supreme appears at the very end of the episode, which leads us on to episode nine, the final episode. What if Strange Supreme intervened? Uh, which was a nice mirror into the final episode of season one, which is what if the Watcher intervened. I feel like it went very quickly, this episode. It's the same amount of time, but it flowed very quickly. Yeah. And I get some, some really great stuff in there. And I feel like this this managed to, to do a big action sequence and keep it interesting. Better than the 1602 one did. Yeah. Maybe just because like I was that in, into just like looking for different variants of characters that I knew. Uh, Suter going, I am Asgard's Dream. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed, though, that, like, Strange Supreme had been redeemed and meant to undo all that felt... I don't know, it felt like it undermined the redemption that he had in Series 1. Yeah. But I guess it it was more not him and all the stuff that it absorbed. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of suggested that, isn't it? That the the, the demons and the monsters uh, and, it, are... and he manages to battle these demons at the end. Obviously, sacrificed himself though. Yeah. But Kahori, I like the fact Kahori's quite prominent in this as well, and there's still bits of her like spurring on Captain Carter in Mohawk. Yeah. And this is obviously a version of Kahori much more comfortable with her powers because... Oh, she is OP. Hundreds of years have passed since uh, she she got her powers in that first episode. Um, But, yeah, like I said, so many interesting variants here. A version of Killmonger with the Infinity Stones, I would have loved to have seen more of. Yeah. But the the way she just went... Yeah, it, it felt a bit too easy. I mean, her powers are basically the space stone. Yeah, but I don't know. That that's something that what if seems to have done is just kind of like devalue the infinity stones. Cause d- 
does Thanos in series one with all the Infinity Stones just gets like split in half? Are you saying Loki didn't? Just the Infinity Stones in a drawer. Well, yeah, but they don't work in the TVA. They're Infinity Stones. But the TVA exists outside of time. Anyway, um, yeah, it's like a, a, a Killmonger who's got all those all the Infinity Stones. I feel like shouldn't have been quite so easy to dispatch. Yeah, um, I guess it would just it would probably it would just too cocky. So she teleported him. Yeah. That feels like that, that that could just be an entire series of really interesting episodes. Like, what would happen if Killmonger got all the Infinity Stones? Yeah. What would happen if Odin got all the Infinity Stones? What would happen if fucking Peter Parker got all the Infinity Stones? Like, just what, insert what, character. What, what would what, happen? What would happen if the Infinity Stones didn't kill Tony Stark? Yeah. And I've seen a lot of debate online about that... And people annoyed that Peggy Carter was able to wield the stones seemingly pretty effortlessly. Yeah, but I think the difference is she doesn't do she doesn't do a snap. No, that's the thing. It was the snap. Like Thanos she, she, could wield yeah. Thanos could wield the stones as much as he wanted, but doing the snap caused his arm to turn into chicken. Yeah, she uh, she uses all the stones, but she doesn't use them all at once. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the big difference. Um, but yeah, she gets so ridiculously powered up in this episode. Like she gets all the stones. What else does she get? Does she get everyone, everyone throws as they fall into the yeah. She gets the all sorts of weapons. weapons. Everyone starts throwing her the weapons. They throw her that sword. Yeah, and I'm not sure what is that. Not the sword from 1902. Oh, is it? The vibranium, like... Right, that would make sense. I did wonder where the sword had come from. Because that's what she went straight for. Yeah. She gets that. She gets... Oh, uh, does Kahori get the rings? Yeah, Kahori gets the rings, I think. She gets Mjolnir. She gets Gungnir, which is Odin's spear. Yeah. Um, And, like, <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't need all that when you've already got all the Infinity Stones. But, like, it is still a very even fight because of how powerful Strange Supreme is at that yeah. point. Yeah, because he's just, like, consumed every evil demon known yeah. to man. But, yeah, as I said at the end, obviously, Captain Carter don't want to go straight home. She wants to um, take, take the scenic route. Yeah, and, uh, again, it's just... It's nice seeing seeing the, the watcher has a friend. The watcher has someone to talk to, and I wonder if this is a like a through line that will continue. Is is she going to be like the watcher's help? So like the watcher himself doesn't want to his wife intervene again, but maybe when something needs taking care of, it'll just point Captain yeah. Carter in the right direction. I bet I bet the other watchers are so pissed off with him. <laughs> so. On the whole, what what did you think to what if season two better than season one? Worse, same. Um, I think it has to be better purely because of the Kahori episode. That is yeah. the best episode out of any what if we've had so far. I mean, there were some fantastic episodes in season one: the Doctor Strange one, the Zombies one. 
Yeah, but we're getting a spin-off from the zombies, aren't we? Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I like. I, I, I love Marvel zombies. I really had liked... some zombies in this. Yeah, I really liked the Doctor Strange episode in season one. Yeah. Um, because again, I've said it before on the podcast, but it's something that you could only do in a show like this, where at the end you, you think that the good Doctor Strange is going to come and defeat him and save the universe and he doesn't and the entire universe ends because of his hubris yeah and yeah you, you can only do that in in a show where every episode can be its own separate story to actually show lasting consequences yeah. like that because in any other show, at the end, you've kind of got to reset it back to the status quo. You don't have to do that in this. You can go in any crazy direction that you want. Yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, I think... I think it's a really difficult choice. It is. Do you know what? This or do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say I think Series 1 is better, but the Kohori episode is the best episode out of Season 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking, and I, I feel like there's not a bad episode in Series 1. No. I, mean, I don't think it was a bad episode in series two, but yeah, some some are definitely some just fall a bit flatter. Um but yeah, just reminding myself of series one, there were some some really fantastic episodes. Um Peter Parker. Where was he? Where was, where was he in any of them? In series one, he's he's in the zombies episode. Oh yeah, there he is. But that's it. And then he's not been in any of series two. Do you think they're trying to not overuse Spider-Man or something? I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like an easy win to do some interesting things with Spider-Man. Yeah. You could you could do like the whole... Um, so in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, uh, there's a, a bit where he, he grows like extra arms because he keeps mutating. He's mutating more and more. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to see what if Uncle Ben no, didn't die. Because yeah. I feel like that's the whole... It, yeah. it's, it's his, what do they call it? Um, an event. <laughs> is that what they call it? That's what we call it in Spider-Verse. Canon event. But I think it'd be really cool because obviously that's what turns him into start making the right decisions. Yeah, because, you know, most people know Spider-Man from the films or from, like, if you read comic books, it's for later comic books. Yeah. If you read the first issue with Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy uh, 15, I think it was, um, the first thing that Peter Parker thinks when he gets his powers is now I can make all those bullies pay. Yeah. And then Uncle Ben dies and he learns the lesson with great power comes great responsibility. So what but if I never... find it so interesting that, that that was his first thought. Yeah. Is that now now I can kick some ass, now I can be the Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> what if Peter Parker never learned with great power comes great responsibility? Yeah. Yeah, that's series three. What if Peter Parker was Billy Big Bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been recording for too long. <laughs> I know, I know. Right, come on. Let's, uh, uh sh- shall we rate it out of 10? Cahoris. <laughs> out of 10 watchers. Out, out of 10 Cahoris. Out of 10 Cahoris, I'm going to give this season uh, seven rings. Um. Yeah, seven out of ten for me. I feel like six point five, but Ooh. seven. Ugh. I feel like six point five because 
I feel like the Corey episode brings the rest of the season up. The Corey episode was like a 10 out of 10 for me. I genuinely yeah. think it is one of the best things that Marvel have done. It is. I don't think there's anything that needs to be done to it. I have no feedback. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> no notes. Okay, so that is the pod. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can email notmpod at gmail.com or message us on socials at News of the Nerd. Obviously, the best thing you can do for us is rate, subscribe on your podcast app of choice, especially iTunes. It really helps us get up at the rankings and obviously tell your friends. But that is it from me. Uh, Yeah, me too. So goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 